Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. This is Wes. I mean, seriously, I this happened... 20 seconds ago, and then Wes just decides in the distance to give us this kind of show cry to start off. It's Wes. Oh, let's go, baby. Let's get it going. Come on. And Walker. Out of nowhere. I mean, I look like a pansy, to be honest with you. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Fiddy said, that scared me. I said that scared the he bleep says, out of yeah, me. I he looked- said the same thing. It's Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Kickoff football season on Saturday, September 16th with the Roaring Riots kickoff jam. Jam at Noda Brewing Company North End. The kickoff jam will feature Panther legends including Thomas Davis, Charles Johnson, Stephen Davis, and even Mike Tolbert. They have live music from bands like Better Than Ezra and Arrested Development. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the biggest Panther fan pep rally on the planet. Happening Saturday, September 16th. Head to kickoffjam.com. Kickoffjam.com for more details. I heard Nappy Roots were out there at the tailgate party last time. Are they still about to do that? Yes. Nappy Roots is still out here? They're still out here. They ain't napping. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> the roots are growing. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna get on that. But even Arrested Development, though, same thing, right? Arrested Development's still out here. Yeah, yeah. So cool stuff. Nappy Roots, Po Folks is my favorite, but a lot of people are gonna go with Good Day. I bought their first album. It was pretty good. Do you like them? I mean, you're not gonna listen to them now, but no. But that first album was pretty good, though. Okay. You know what else is good? <laughs> Fitty on the Live Wire. Okay. Hit it, Fitty. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west, up north to the down south. Live wires connect. I gotta tell you, I love that y'all give me this segment. Um, Flounder just brought in Chinese. So I'm kind of distracted because this this Chinese smells like what I imagine heaven will smell like. It smells very good. Um, but so we start with some Bryce Young audio. He met with the media before practice. And one of the things we talk about when players get drafted is their adjustments from going from the college game to the NFL game. And the rookie quarterback said having home and away games is helping him find his routine at the pro level. You know, I'm trying to fine-tune it now. These having a home and an away game um, for preseason really helped of what I want that routine to look like. But it's right now it's still it's still uh, forming, it's still building. You try to take some of the stuff that I've been doing my whole life and figure out how it fits with the schedule. Wes, as a former player, how important is the home and away routine and how different was for you as a guy that played at the SEC level and in the ACC? Um, Yeah, it's important because a lot of guys, they make a lot about – being at home, sleeping in your own bed and things of that nature, and you just having more of a solid routine at home. But I know those guys, they stay at hotels the night before the game. So it's not a ton of difference unless uh, the method that you travel when you go on the road, whether it's a bus or a plane or things of that nature. But I enjoyed uh, 
road games more than home games because of the travel aspects, getting on a plane, taking a bus, things of that nature, because your training and your equipment people are going to take care of all of that stuff. So you don't have to worry about, oh, did I forget this or that, unless it's a personal item. So, uh, but he'll definitely have to adjust to that. No question about it. But I like the, the road routine better than home. What was your routine? Do you have anything crazy you did? Pre-game you or like... I mean, just, you know what I want. I want the good stories of your routine. <laughs> or maybe how you weren't giving a routine because you were doing something and traveling. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm um, just asking questions. No, I mean, as far as like when I got into the locker room, especially on road games, I would go look at the program first and foremost. Then I put my clothes on a certain way. I would start with the pants, put on my ankle braces and all that stuff. At my little dry fit uh, top, and then I would go out and walk around the field, um, soak it all in, listening to my music. You know, I like to listen to stuff that would make me want to rip somebody's face off okay. uh, at all times. There was so no, not nappy roots, though. Yeah, no nappy roots is getting played at that point. <laughs> this is all uh, violence and aggression uh, at that point. That's what got me going. And um, other than that, man, I would chill. Sometimes I would see my mom pregame. She might be hanging out in the bleachers. I didn't really like to talk too much. I, I almost was like a method actor before games. I wanted to not be disturbed. I wanted to be a big jerk. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to laugh. Uh, you know, I looked my mom off when I was in middle school, actually. Oh, she no. She was like right by me, and I looked her off uh, as I was getting ready to walk on the floor. She, she put an end to that? No, at that point, she knew what time okay. it was when I, like I was it. coming out there. She was like, no. She was like, I know he didn't want to be bothered like that. I'm going to tell you what. If I did that to my mom, hmm, it'd been the last time. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't have let that happen. She, she, she knew what time it was. No, but yeah, so that, it. that was it. That's all I really did. It's funny to hear Bryce Young talk about how important a routine is. I get it. It is. Routine yeah, is important. And he's a quarterback. But this is also the same guy that had the legendary story of going 30 minutes discussing his routine when asked about that at the pro day dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then by he, by him getting to 1 p.m. in his normal day routine, they're stopping. I'm like, okay, we get it. We got the routine. And so now here he is discussing how important it is to make sure he locks that thing down. Do you guys have routines in your work life? Because I do the exact same thing on the exact same day, usually at the exact same time. I try to get a routine down, but it, I mean, every once in a while, I'll stick with one for a couple of weeks and eventually something happens to the point where it's not as cemented down as I want it to be. Yeah, I'm fairly routine on work days as well. I have kind of the same order of operation that I do things. The time might change depending on what's needed that day, but as far as the order of operation, I try to keep a similar routine. Real quick, I wonder if it's just because our show has talked more about him than I have to imagine any other show has but Jamal from Charlotte thought about the same rapper that you might be listening to before games as I did. He said Wes was listening to Pastor Troy before games. It's exactly who I think of. Yeah. If you want to do the whole, I'm going to tear your face off music, Pastor <laughs> Troy, number one, mainly because we've talked about it a lot. Uh -huh. There are other artists out there, but I go with Troy. No question about it. The anger, the vitriol in those rhymes definitely would, would get you to that place. He's Pastor so Troy angry. was heavy on the playlist pregame. Mom, I can't talk right now. I'm listening to Pastor Troy. <laughs> and she okay. knew it. She, she would joke sometimes. I forgot who she said she was telling it to, but she was like, look at him down there listening to that music <laughs> with all that cursing in it. All right, Fiddy, what else you got for us? All right, so Wes hasn't been shy expressing his doubt in Florida State returning to the national scene this year in college football and last week on the Joel Klatt come show. Come on, come on, Joel. Joel Klatt also said, hey, I'm not a big believer in the Knowles either. Remember their win streak, Florida State's win streak? Big pause guy. Happened late, <laughs> like the last six. 
Those teams were not good. You know how I know that? Blowout win against Georgia Tech, five and seven. Miami, five and seven. Syracuse, seven and six. They lost six of their last seven. Louisiana Lafayette, they were sub five hundred. And they had one score wins over Florida, sub five hundred teams, six and seven, and a sub five hundred Oklahoma, six and seven to finish. By the way, that that Oklahoma game, that was a one score game late. One score win over Oklahoma. Oklahoma hasn't been sub five hundred since John Blake. And you want me to anoint Florida State because they beat the worst Oklahoma team since John Blake? I can't do that. I can't do that. Not with Clemson still there. Not with Clemson returning their quarterback and Clay Klubnick. Not with Clemson getting better on defense. Not with Will Shipley still being there. Not with the game being in Clemson, in particular in the first month of the season. And not with Garrett Riley being the offensive coordinator at Clemson. Wes loved it. He was cheering on Joel Klatt from the sidelines like his mom was cheering Wes back when he was playing football after listening to I'm Pastor Troy. What do you think, Wes? Seems like you're pretty uh, pretty much in agreement there. It's about doggone time. Listen, man. I mean, if FSU ends up being good and makes me wrong, I'm not going to hate it because it's going to help the profile of the league. But at the end of the day, this is what I've been saying the whole offseason, and this is the first national pundit that doesn't go along with what everybody else says. Oh, I love Florida State. They're going to be great. The nose are back. It's 1995 all over again. No, it's about time somebody just took a look and gave a real uh, objective opinion about this team. Their three most important games on the schedule last year, they lost consecutively. So that makes me not a believer in you when you beat up on pantsies to end the year and in your bowl game, like Coach, I mean, like Clatt said, that Oklahoma team, you, me, and Fitty could have went out there and got 28 points off of that Oklahoma defense. So no, they didn't. They didn't do anything that made me think that they're going to be some national power yet again. Now, could they come out and prove me wrong? Okay. They've got some good talent. Sure. Like I said, Jordan Travis is a quarterback. I feel like you keep him in the pocket. This is the guy that will struggle a little bit. And I'm glad Clack came out and said what he said because I've been saying it since uh, the end of last year. All right. So the only only pushback I would say is, yeah, the the two touchdowns, they were scored late against Clemson. So don't know if I would count that as a one score loss. For yeah, Florida that was a, those were some cheapies. Uh, NC State. 19 to 17. If we're going to say they only won by one scores, then do we do the losses? Is that fair to say that there was a one score loss against NC State when they lost 19 to 17 on the road? And then we go to Wake Forest. They did lose by 10, still within reaching, still within striking distance, I guess. But you're right. Like, this is a team for me where I'm high on them. It's because it felt, it felt like last year was a step towards what they could do. And that's respectable. I can respect that. If you can see these other teams getting better and then they return all these guys and now they have some winning experience, they took care of business against the opponents that you are supposed to beat while putting up fights against Wake Forest, NC State, Clemson, maybe a foe. Well, Wake dominated most of that game. Florida State, again, they came and got a couple of cheapies down the stretch. So maybe last that's why I think Florida State's going to be good. Mm -hmm. It's because I think last year was a step. And this is the year where they're going to put it all together. But I still have to agree with you guys about Clemson being the better team because I'm not going to go against Clemson when last year was a down year and they still win the ACC championship. Let's move on. Last thing you got for us, Fiddy, a part of the live wire before we go to break. All right. So I was debating on what cut I wanted to play. And we're going to go with my last cut. The NBA season, it's still two months away. 
But if Bobby Marks has proven to be correct, I'm already ready for the association to return. He joined Barton Hunt on 98.7 ESPN New York on Friday <laughs> to express his belief that the New York Knicks are contenders to go to the NBA Finals this upcoming year. Certainly, I think the East is a little bit weaker maybe than in prior years. I think the West is certainly um, is probably the dominant conference right now. But listen, you go to you lose to Miami in, in the second round. You bring back every player on that roster. You add Dante DiVincenzo here, and I think I think there's I think there's a lot of parity in the Eastern Conference here. And I think I think barring an injury to you know one of their uh, main guys here, um, I think we we should be talking about New York when it comes to representing the, the Eastern Conference. And and who knows what happens during the regular season? And you, you guys have talked about at length. I mean, they've got everything out there to go out and make a trade if, if somebody becomes available here. So. Yeah, I just I I think we should be talking about them like we talk Milwaukee and Boston and in Miami. Well, Philadelphia has changed the calculus as the top three teams because of what's going on with James Harden and Daryl Morey right now. James Harden said, "Oh, you don't think I'll take a flamethrower to this entire thing? Bet." <laughs> and now he's making comments all sorts against Daryl Morey. Liar. I mean, this is what's going on. And now Joel Embiid is changing his bio on Twitter. Mm, wants to be a Nick. Bing bong. Troel Embiid <laughs> is what he, how is he going to Troel next time? That's what I wonder. So if Philadelphia is out of the mix, Boston is a team that changed their roster a little bit. They got rid of Marcus Smart. You could argue the heart and soul of that team. Now he's in Memphis. You get Chris Stapps Porzingis, I think, already battling an injury and maybe had an outlier year last season. Good one, but maybe outlier in Washington. It's not inconceivable. I don't know if I agree with the take about Eastern Conference being worse than in previous seasons, but this offseason, maybe you do expect Boston to take a little bit of a step back. Maybe you do expect Philadelphia to take a step back. Uh, yeah, I, it's not crazy to me. At first, it seemed like it, and then I start to look. Well, man, James Harden's out here taking a flamethrower. Does he go out to the Western Conference? I see a path, Wes. Uh, maybe so, but I'll believe it when I see it. The Knicks just uh, they just continue to disappoint. I'd love to see meaningful playoff games in the garden, but uh, I'm not buying it. Nick Fitty is like Carolina football. He's a sleeping giant. If they get awakened, awoken, whichever way you're supposed to say that, I think I, I think Walker would embrace Nick Fitty. I, I think I would. I think I would embrace Nick Fitty. Because all right now you say, oh, the product is unwatchable. Oh, that's but if, true. If the Knicks were good, maybe you wouldn't say that nearly as much. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. Let's go to the 53-man roster projections. Joe Person put out an article on The Athletic. Who did the most for themselves to make the roster through the first two preseason games? And who did the most to hurt themselves for the first two games? It's coming up on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 
So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. That's got to be some UGK. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's <laughs> UGK all day. It really is. Yeah, 100%. Uh, this is uh, the game, I believe. The game is good to me, was good to me, something like that. I just know the beat was fire. The game belongs <laughs> to me. Get your game. music knowledge know, yeah. right. Thank you. I was trying to remember what I put. It's I put fitting. it in there. You've been kind of slipping today. You had some music takes this morning in the fishbowl when the Gen Z giant Drew Romich came, in the, came in the room. Who, Wes? Tell Fiddy who was tripping on those, right. Carter. Who was tripping on those music tapes? Yeah, you were. No, it was Drew. Oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying you were tripping. No, I'm saying you were tripping on the takes that he was giving. Yes. All yes, right. Yeah. As he walks by. Drew. Drew's walking by. And yeah, that, no, it was not me. We were talking about what the best Carter is. Because Wes right now, you can go check it out at Wes Bryant underscore 72 at Wes and Walker show. Wes has a new shirt today, and it's the Carter 3 album cover shirt. And I'm a big album cover shirt guy. And I'm we didn't even talk about that. We, we didn't. Yeah, you because know, you got an album cover on today. What's the reasoning? It's a new shirt. Uh, it was dope, man. I saw it at Air Apostle. I didn't even know they sold oh, okay. this type of stuff there. I just happened to mosey in there just to see what they had. And I saw that they carry a nice assortment of T-shirts. And when I saw the Carter T-shirt, I said, oh, that's dope. Because I love it, too. Because you see, like, you know, I always think that's a dope thing in hip-hop culture. You know, you see the, the old white guys, they're wearing the old rock band t-shirts, the Rolling Stones joints and stuff like that. So I love to wear uh, rap t-shirts as well. So when I saw the Carter 3 album cover, very iconic, I said, I gotta get this. So we were all talking about what our favorite Carter album is of all time. Not everybody, because you didn't ask me. I would you like to tell us now what it is? Oh yeah, my favorite Carter is uh, Coach Carter. All right. This is why. That's this why is we why didn't we ask. didn't ask him. I knew I was gonna get. I knew I was gonna get something there, and then we had to ask him, and he was gonna hit us with Coach Carter. But my favorite Carter of all time is Carter Two. Mm-hmm. I think Carter Three, every song was a mainstream hit. It's crazy. If you go, if you just keep seeking, seeking, seeking on the Carter Three, everyone was a radio hit during that time. It's mm-hmm. absolutely bonkers. So I could see how that one was the more popular album for sure. I don't think there's any denying what was the most popular. But it Carter. was so great, though. I mean, it top to bottom. Oh no, it was. I'm not hating on Carter Three. Yeah, but it's just my favorite was Carter Two, mm-hmm. and then you'd go back. I love every single one of those songs, man. Carter yeah. Two was crazy fire to me. Yeah. So that's my favorite. And then Drew said that Carter Four yeah, was the best Carter, and he said that was to him. <laughs> so he was like, "All right, that's my favorite," yeah. which is fine. But this is why Fiddy. That's what he said. Well, yeah. no, the best part was he said, "That's my favorite," but it's not the best. Like that's the problem with Drew's takes. <laughs> is that his own take? Literally contradicts whatever he states before he states it. I'm glad you brought that up Thank because. You. You can have that point, though. You can have a favorite and also it not be the best. That can happen. Because if we talk about favorite basketball players, you know Marcus Page isn't the best North Carolina basketball player of all time. Right. But, but like, he's your favorite. You know, and maybe I'm wrong. Y'all are, y'all are saying that his favorite album is the worst album. I think, I think Carter Yeah, that, that's worst. a very unpopular take that he had that. I don't think you run into Lil Wayne fans. I think if you interviewed a hundred, you might find one or two maybe that say Carter Four is their favorite. But it'd, it'd be that age group, dude. But yeah, go ahead, Fiddy. I just got a hot take. Maybe Drew just does this. It's it's the Willie P effect. 
He wants to make sure, even though he's not on the radio, he's being talked about on the radio. Because I don't believe half the crap he tells us, he believes. Yeah, maybe it worked on you because you're the one that brought it up. And this is the thing, too. Well, I and saw so- him come, you know, walking by like a lopsided two-by-four. It just felt right. <laughs> yeah, people comment on, on the text line about the Carters because I told you Carter 3 was my favorite. I think it was the best. But then I said the first Carter for me held sentimental value. And I think it's a... Not necessarily a generational gap, but I remember Wayne from before that, and his albums were dope when he had the high-pitched voice, and he had a totally different rhyme style. And then when Carter One hit, it was like, whoa, this guy's going in another direction, and he's really getting lyrical now. And so he's really turning into a serious rapper, and that's when he started that whole campaign. And I think it changed everything about his career at that point. So for me, and when Carter Three then one for sentimental value and what that did for his career, then two, then five, then four. Um, I saw one tweet a couple of weeks back from David Dennis Jr., who's an ESPN talent, appears on Around the Horn a lot. Mm -hmm. He put out a tweet saying, I know exactly what type of person you are based off of your favorite Carter album. (laughs) (laughs) If Carter 3 is your favorite, it says this. I forget what the details were, but he said, I can guess exactly what type of person you are based on what your favorite Carter album is of all time. And mine is two, but when I was growing up, it was Carter 3, and that dominated high school. And no ceiling. The mixtape, mm-hmm. it constantly went back to no ceilings. Constantly. It didn't matter. Ride in the car to go get something to eat. No ceilings is on the radio. It, done, it Or we were putting it. We were putting it on the music system. So that's how it was. Big Cat Dan, Amelia, Amelia, Amelia. That's the one song I think most people would go to and say that's what they remember most from Carter Three. But there's a lot to choose from. All right, it's enough Lil Wayne talk. As much as I would love to continue on, that's enough Lil Wayne talk for us. Let's get to the 53-man roster projection. And I also want to get to some comments from Frank Reich and others during media availability. A little bit of a surprise earlier today, in case you missed it. The Carolina Panthers decided to waive Marquand McCall, a starter in the middle for this defense, now no longer a part of the team. So they have a hole where that... First member of the interior defensive line used to be at that defensive tackle spot. No longer is it McCall. Their reasoning was that they wanted Marquand McCall to have a chance to land with another roster. They feel he's real talented. But, Wes, they talked about fit not being right. Mm-hmm. I, people were questioning that. Are you questioning that? Like, is it weird to see a big old dude like McCall not being the right fit as a nose tackle or the middle of an odd man front? Because I didn't necessarily see a weird fit there. Did you? I mean, it sounds strange. I mean, is it because of his play style, the way that he chooses to go about playing the position? That's the only thing I could see because you look at the weight on paper, 345. You look at pro football reference. They have him listed at 376. So that's a big discrepancy. But as far as what you need in a big, nasty nose guard in a 34 defense, I would feel like that a guy with that kind of size is a fit. So we'll never know. And I mean, at this point, it's irrelevant at this point now because they're moving on uh, without him and hopefully they get good play from that position to justify it. All right. So full pads today for the Carolina Panthers. Joe Person tweeted out that Derek Wright, he's back at practice after missing a week with a knee injury. Huge moments for him because he's trying to find a way to make this roster, especially after Shai Smith was involved in this game against the Giants West. So Mm -hmm. we'll see about Derek Wright. Um, Did impress as much as anybody at the receiver position, at least in preseason game number one. And one topic I'll set up camp with with a little bit. Miles Sanders, full pads. Joe Person says good good sign there. It is good. I think that's a big deal, especially because we haven't seen a ton from Chuba. 
the offensive line hasn't been great in run blocking. I think they did create maybe a couple more gaps against the Giants than they did the Jets. Um, but Chuba Hubbard, not a guy that I believe in a ton when it comes to pass catching. Second half of last year, I think he ran hard. I think he did a good job alongside Deontay Foreman, and I've said that quite a bit. But Miles Sanders is the better running back. And even if you're not going to see Miles Sanders in preseason, you don't want to, you feel a lot better with him as the starting running back week one than you do Chuba Hubbard. I mean, no question about it. This guy's a pro bowler. We know the type of stats that he put up last year. You brought him in and paid him uh, fairly decent money for the position for a guy that you expect to come in and have pro bowl numbers for you once again. So this is the guy that you want out there, especially with the Super Bowl experience that he brings to the table. So, of course, you want Miles Sanders to be the guy in your backfield. It would be a huge disappointment if he was not able to. I mean, 1,269 yards and 11 scores healthy 74.6 really 75 yards per game from him man and then the capabilities he could have catching the ball out of the backfield so of course that's the guy you want toting the mail all right so miles sanders clearly going to make this roster after being the most expensive free agent running back this past offseason teams must get down from 90 players to 53 by august 29th so guys at that position might be a Cam Peoples and maybe some others to try to make the roster. But I want to ask you, who did the most for themselves in the first two preseason games that was on the fringe to make the to, uh, to make the roster? And who did the most to hurt themselves the first two preseason games? Uh, I would say a person who's done a lot to help themselves would be Amari Barno. I agree. Uh, you look, the analytics grades don't make you jump out of your seat, but you just look at what you really want to use him for as far as having four hurries, uh, five total pressures in the preseason. He had the impressive sack in the first game, uh, but didn't see much from him in, in, in the second game. But this is a guy that uh, you've seen enough from him to feel like that he has a shot. And with this third preseason game coming up, uh, he could probably be able to help himself all the more. So this is one where we, we like to reference PFF a decent amount, right? Amari Barno was the second worst graded defender for the Carolina Panthers. At 42, the only guy worse than him was Josh Thomas at safety at 40.4. But, Wes, I'm totally with you. Because if you look at what Amari Barno did against the Giants, he gets in the backfield, okay? He provides pressure on Tommy DeVito. Now DeVito slips a tackle. I heard Colin talking about on Charlotte Sports Today. I thought it was a good point. You know, if, if Amari Barno brings him down, is there going to be the potential of a flag on that play? Because that's just how it is sometimes. You want to protect the quarterbacks as much as possible. Dexter Lawrence hit Bryce Young in the helmet. Dexter immediately knew that could draw a flag, and that's exactly what happened. But we know that you're going to protect the quarterbacks in preseason. And I want them to, by the way. But Amari Barno, if he brings him down, maybe we're not having that conversation. Missed a tackle, whatever. And then he gets in the backfield again and then draws a penalty. But Wes... I don't know if I care as much when you're looking for somebody to wreak havoc because he gets in the backfield a couple of times. And so maybe there's two negative plays. So he gets there, misses the tackle. That's a negative grade. Also gets there, draws a penalty. That's a negative grade. But I'm with you, Wes. Like he's getting there. Yeah. This is exactly what we want opposite of Brian Burns. So if Marquise Haynes ain't playing, if Justin Houston ain't playing, if Brian Burns also isn't playing, you're without your top three guys. And then Amari is someone everybody's asking about, and he's using his athleticism to get into the backfield. 42 score from PFF, be damned. I like what I saw. 
And that's exactly what I agree with you. Like, this is someone that is making the most, I think, of the first two preseason games. Yeah, and then staying on the same uh, type of note when you talk about somebody who may be uh, hurting themselves that we had high expectations for or had just expectations for in general. I mean, you look at YGM, uh, he took Gross Matos, and he got a 71 grade for the preseason thus far through two games, but no quarterback hits and no quarterback sacks. And so uh, this is a guy that you want to see him get in the backfield and be able to get home and make some of those plays. And so you just start to feel like that maybe his time may be ticking if he's not able to really get in there and, and show some things by now. All right, so I talked about how Amari Barno was the second worst graded defender for Carolina. You know who the fifth best graded defender was? in this past game? Marquand McCall. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Dropped. <laughs> Good luck with another team. That That's why people are surprised. Nobody saw that one coming. So, yeah, you wonder if there was anything more to it, but they're telling you that it just wasn't a great fit. And so now McCall is no longer on this roster. All right, so guys that we said helped themselves. You went with Amari Barno. That's one certainly that you could point to. Is there anybody that you think has hurt themselves the most? Maybe not winning a starting job. Certainly, Icky has been both of our um, has been the answer for both of us as far as who's most disappointing. But any of the fringe roster guys that you think, because of how they performed the first two preseason games, who did the most uh, most to hurt themselves in this uh, you know in this ongoing process? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, going with YGM, but then you also look, uh, you know, over on the offensive side of the ball, and you're talking about. I feel like a guy that got hurt a lot because. Uh, because of offensive line play that might end up hurting him in the long run would be a guy like a Spencer Brown. Uh, he wasn't really able to get off the ground and show what he could do because the line at that point, you know, they just weren't giving him a lot of room to run. And so I think this is a guy that when you look at trying to uh, make an impression on this roster that he was hurt uh, out there by the lack of blocking, the lack of lanes that was available uh, to him. What about Deion Jones? This is a veteran that comes in and has not looked good tackling by any means. No. And against the Jets, he was god-awful. Against the Giants, too. I know he didn't do a whole lot to switch your opinion on him. And Deion Jones is someone that was getting some praise as soon as he stepped onto the practice field. But Deion Jones is someone I wonder if he's going to get cut after they wanted to shore up some of that depth. Yeah, and so uh, I texted you guys in the group chat. And, uh, you know, for this football game, again, like we say, analytically, decently graded. But on the one play that the Giants... Uh, that they had when they ran the ball right up the middle. And I watched that guard uh, go up to get on him in the second level. And he just he just turned it down. He didn't give him much <laughs> resistance at all. Nope. And it ended up being a really nice run for the Giants. And maybe he couldn't have made the play, but it was just the fact that like he just turned down all contact and just got pushed around until the end of the snap and just looked like the effort wasn't there. So, yeah, when I texted you guys that, I said, man, I don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to be sticking around if he keeps putting uh, effort like that on tape. So when we talk about someone like Eric Rowe trying to make this at the safety position, one, it's already tough because you have some depth there, especially if you're going to flirt with Jeremy Chin on the back end. Yes, I know we're putting him at nickel. We're trying to get him closer to the line of scrimmage, and he continues to make plays, by the way. Second straight game where I've been impressed with what Jeremy Chin has has, has done. Um, someone like Eric Rowe, 
I, is that more on Roe not performing well, or is it, hey, why don't we not put him one-on-one on Jalen Hyatt, one of the fastest receivers in this past NFL draft class? Like, how much of that is player, and how much of that is coach? Wes? I mean, that's that situation that he was in, that, that was pretty tough. I mean, you got a guy in Jalen Hyatt running out there in the open field as fast as he is with a two-way go. I don't know anybody that's going to be able to stop that play. You could have Reed, Palomalu, some of those guys, they might do better than what he did, but a guy with the speed of uh, Jalen Hyatt running out they're running free with a two-way go. You, you're toast. You're cooked. So uh, I didn't put too much of that on him. You want to see him make the play, sure. But come on, man. That, that was a really tough situation for him. Um. So, and, and real quickly, we talked about, I think, in our group chat, how the Giants were by far the more physical football team. I don't think there's any question about that, especially with the starters out there. But a couple of guys that did not seem soft at all, Jeremy Chin, the first two games, Chin's ready to hit you. I like what I've seen from him. Big yeah. questions to answer, and I like what we're seeing from Jeremy Chen, so that's a nice sign. But you brought up Von Bell, and Von Bell jarring that ball loose, the only incompletion Daniel Jones had. That was a good sign where Von Bell and Jeremy Chen, a couple of the safeties that we really liked coming into this season, one that was a little polarizing, both have answered the bell, if you will, in these first two preseason games. Yeah, I like the juice that he brought because as we watched that game, I said, man, this doesn't look like a team, and I know it's preseason, you guys may say that, but this just didn't look like a team. You don't team. look soft. Exactly, and this was a team that didn't look like they were angry about what had happened in the game before, and so for Von be able to come up and make a physical football play like that and then to show the enthusiasm post-snap. You just like to see that and that type of stuff permeates through a team. And so when the regular season comes, you know, that type of stuff is – what will help teams to get going. And so you'd like to see that from Von Bell. Yeah, Jamie Robinson also got a good grade for what it's worth. So all the safeties, the guys in the defensive backfield, at least at the safety position, they were highly thought of with the performance they turned in against the Giants. I am really happy with the performance that Fitty has put in as well. We've got one more, though. It's the fourth quarter. We're driving. Are we going to score? That's up to Fitty in his latest flash. Going to set the scene for tonight's action in Major League Baseball. My Mets, who took three of four over the weekend from the crappy Cardinals, they're in Atlanta for a three-game set, the final time that the Mets and Braves will meet in 2023. Thank the good Lord. We'll have a recap of that in tomorrow's visit to the mound. Also, a little show rivalry uh, matchup, Wes's Mariners. They're in Chicago to take on the White Sox as Seattle has put themselves back in playoff position. we got a historical fact tomorrow for uh, J-Rod's accomplishment over the weekend. Then some big series, the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. They meet out in Arizona, and the Marlins and the Padres, now that that uh, that tropical depression has moved past, they'll meet out in San Diego, a big game for the Padres, who are seven games under 500, but still on the outside looking in for a wild card berth. All right, a big old rivalry matchup between teams we kind <laughs> of care about. That's going to be the breakdown for you tomorrow. One more segment to go on Wes and Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say... 
But they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. practice not the best of news either mike k on twitter put out that dj johnson just walked off the field into the medical tent so dj johnson the third round pick out of oregon the edge rusher has just walked off the field into the medical tent mike k quote tweeted that original one and says look like they were looking at his left leg he can walk and stand on his own he's sitting on the back of a cart as he heads inside so Perhaps an injury there with DJ Johnson. Haven't seen many flashes from him in the preseason games, Wes. How much of a role do you think DJ Johnson will have this year after what we've seen the first two preseason games? And is that a guy where maybe your expectations have changed? Yeah, I think he'll be a role player for this team, especially with Justin Houston and Brian Burns going to be your main two guys. But I think he's going to get some opportunities to get in and play because, of course, they're going to want to see what he can offer. And they talked about how he's been adept at setting the edge so I would think of anything on some key short yardage rundowns and some of those uh, of the like that he may be uh, deployed out there but uh, I was going to ask you though when you hear carted off that didn't make the injury sound that much worse because I know anytime I hear carted off I think season ending injury every time so <laughs> we talked about this during the NBA season when LaMelo said it popped it was within the same week that LeBron James had an injury or something like that and said it popped. And then we discussed, is it popped the worst thing you can hear for your yeah. favorite team? Mm-hmm. Carted off the field, probably not it popped level panic, but it's like, okay, I'm really? definitely paying attention. It's I don't think it's, if it popped, that means something bad happened. Because see, I think about during the game when they get carted off, it normally ends up being a season-ending injury if they have to pull out the cart to get you off of the field. So that's why I guess when I hear it, I automatically think the absolute worst. I'm I'm still going it popped. You can tell us, 704-570-9610. What's worse, seeing that someone got carted off or seeing someone mouth it popped? For me, I'm going with the second. I don't want to hear you say that. I don't want to hear you say that whatsoever. It's Wesson Walker with the final segment. We've been trying to introduce what we've been watching, and I think all of us are going to be watching a documentary dropping tomorrow, the first part of what I believe is a four-part series. Is that right? Yes. Is it four parts? Four parts. Swamp Kings, the untold series on Netflix. You're going to be dropping part one tomorrow. They've been releasing this latest round of documentaries that they've been working on. We got to see Johnny Manziel. We got to see the Balco. The Balco. I finished that this past weekend. It was pretty good. Worth your watch as well. I thought that was a good one. And here we have Swamp Kings part one. It's probably the most anticipated one outside of Johnny, right? And maybe even right up there with Johnny West. Uh, from, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was excited to see Johnny, but I think this one is a little more. I think this one is, was at the top of my list. Well, you have so many different angles here. Yes. You have Tim Tebow. 
You have Aaron Hernandez. Urban Meyer. You have Urban Meyer. Brandon Spikes. Even Riley Cooper. Cooper is a subplot here. But Riley Cooper was on that team. Florida just has so many different players. Percy Harvin, there's so many different players you want to pay attention to. Oh, and also a part of that program, too, that if you check out the latest trailer, when I told you they started calling it, when they were talking about how they called it Games Vegas, Mm -hmm. somebody that was in one of those pictures with the fellas yucking it up, one Cameron Jarrell Newton, you can see in the corner there. I thought you were going to say Wes Bryant. No. So did I. I was like, is Wes Bryant going to I wasn't there doing those days. Not national championship. It's like Wes went back to party with them boys. <laughs> I was happy. I was like, we have to get a screenshot of you being next to Brandon Spikes or whoever, and we have to make that the cover photo of our Twitter. No, account. I've got a dope uh, college photo though with us on a night out. Uh, who's Quiet us? and toxicated. Me and the fellas with Greg Oden. Greg Oden? Yes, he came to wake for a visit. No way. Yeah, Greg May Oden. I ask why? Yes, Greg Oden. <laughs> Me and the I'm, And we told him not to come to wake because he's not going to want to do the schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> I, if... If you are, you know, a Wake Forest basketball fan and you hear somebody right. actively right. recruiting against you from in the call is coming from inside the house, Wes, <laughs> and you're saying, Greg Oden, don't come to Wake Forest. Yes. I can't believe you just said that. It was publicly. one of those true serum, you know, alcohol talk. It was like, man, you don't want to come here, man. Bro, it was like, I you don't want that schoolwork. Bro, I love you so much, bro. <laughs> don't come to wake. Yeah. There's too much work to do. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you don't want the schoolwork smoke, man. Now, hey, look, nothing against Wake. I can't imagine they were going to win that recruiting battle against Thad Mata. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that would have happened anyway. No, I don't think so either. But still, I you, you should be helping Wake get what was still a guy that got his team, helped get his team to a championship. I mean, I think period. at that point, and I'm not sure why he did come to Wake, because I think at that point it was pretty common knowledge. He was going to go to Ohio State, and everybody knew he was going to be a one and done. But, but that was off the heels of success for them. That yeah. was off Chris Paul. Like that was, I'll put so, it in the group chat. So if you're talking, if you're talking Chris Paul gets drafted 05, and Greg Oden was a freshman at Ohio State in 07, you're still off the heels of what is a good Wake Forest basketball program. You were talking earlier. You were walking like you were watching old NCAA tournament highlights on my TikTok yesterday. I got the Iron Eagle breakdown of West Virginia upsetting Wake Forest it's, in the 05 NCAA tournament with Kevin Pitt Snoggle. Oh God, that was so off. It, it is one of my favorite games ever. So yeah, <laughs> Kevin Pitt Snoggle, Mike Ganzi, yeah, John Air Bear. And that was the era, man, with the oversized undershirts that were still in. Like they hadn't quite yet got faded out of the game. I almost sent it to West yesterday, mm-hmm. but it was like Sunday, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna be a good. I'm gonna be a good guy. That yeah. game was insane. That was to su- ruin my Sunday. <laughs> Pit snoggle. <laughs> oh, it's the best. The fact the fact that you got Pit snoggled. That's a tough. When one. When Jeff Teague threw that half court alley and they were down twenty, I said, "There's no shot." <laughs> they were they were trying to bring some hot sauce to a uh, to a twenty point deficit. We asked you what was worse. It popped or getting carted off the field. 704 said, I've torn my ACL before and the pop is real. Popped is worse than getting carted off, in my opinion. 704, mouthing it popped is definitely worse. We do have 704 said, carted off is much worse. Either way, I do not <laughs> want to see any of that happen anymore. How about Carolina both? Panthers. Because I got carted off after saying it popped with my ACL blue in mm-hmm. church ball in 2013. Mm. You're a warrior, Fitty. And we've always known that about you. That'll do it for Wes and Walker. It's the Kyle Bailey Show coming up next alongside Smoke. Ludwig, stick around right here. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.